Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the gullible gallant, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? <laughs> the gullible gallant, huh? Uh, let's see, what would that mean? Um, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I am I'm easily tricked and I'm brave. That's right. You're a Giants fan in the off season. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So uh, let's see. I am admirable in my intentions and actions, but mm-hmm. I'm also prone to being deceived due to my trusting nature. Is that what you're saying? That's right. You believed that the Giants were going to sign Aaron Judge or some other big name guy. Heck, let's start all the way back at the beginning of the Farhan regime. You thought they might get Bryce Harper, right? I did. did. And you always believe every offseason. You're like, we're going to get the guy. And you're just you. You're so loud and proud and you're wearing your Giants gear. You've got, you know, you've got in Farhan, I trust tattooed on your neck. (laughs) And and every year you you fall for it like you're so crestfallen and disappointed and like stunned and shocked like it's like as if they signed a guy and then at the last possible second it took him away from you or something (laughs) like that's how you act uh, yeah like that would never happen right Uh, you know it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it's ridiculous (laughs) that's you and here we are yet another off season which is now the giants fans favorite time of year as we know, yes. as we have discussed on the show, this is when our listenership goes sky high is during the off season. Exactly because because, when- because we're hope is hope is there, Ben. We are we are hopeful. We are we are expectant on wonderful things happening. Uh, and right. we don't have to like suffer through the Mitch Hanegers and the Michael Confortos and their poor, poor playing. We can we can visualize better. That's, and that's why right. this is a wonderful time of the year. That's right. That's what I said. Gullible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, that that and that's why you're the gullible gallant. You know, I, I, I love you for it. You know, I love all of you Giants fans out there. Just I like, yeah, we're going to win the World Series next year with Shohei Otani. And I'm like, oh, look at you. So cute. There, well, there there's two types of Giants fans. And I think you and I represent them well. Like there's right. those of us who have faith and hope. And then there are those of you who have seen uh, the last five years <laughs> who are negative and and negative Nellies. Yeah. Maybe there's those of us who have short-term memory problems and those of us who don't. <laughs> Causa- you know, was it causation does not equal, or I don't know, what is that whole thing about uh, um, correlation does uh, not mean causation, right? Uh, tomato, so just because something what, yeah. happened in the past doesn't mean that it's going to repeat itself, Ben. Right, right. Tomato, potato. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you that's totally not related to any of this. Oh, Okay. As we know, Matthew, we are coming up on the gift giving season. Oh, yeah. And um, the Amazon and season? The Amazon season. Is that what it is now? It's the Amazon season. Used to be the Sears and Roebuck season. I don't remember that, folks. I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember the stores, but I don't remember the catalogs. Look it up on Wikipedia. It was a thing. I, anyway, I, I remember the catalogs. I remember like. What? Oh, okay, I I, I do remember the, I didn't thing. order them, but they came to the house. Right, you remember them. I do, man. Well, anyway, they came to the house just like that Amazon gift, the toy gift Amazon thing that everybody yes. gets in the mail. It was like that, except it said from Sears and Roebuck. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's what it was, folks. Anyway, it's the gift giving giving season, 
And, you know, I also know that a lot of our listeners, Matthew, they're not, you know, old men with families, with old with adult children like we are. They're, they're younger and they're, and they're going through these younger phases of life. So I, I thought I'd ask a question that would be more appropriate and helpful for them during okay. this time of year. Okay. Okay. Impart some of our wisdom. What is the worst gift you can give to a newly acquired significant other? Oh. And by acquired, I mean, this is a person who regularly gives you consent to give them gifts. Okay. So, okay. So, I I think that the worst gift you can give a new significant other Mm -hmm. is the gift that you would have given your previous significant other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you mean if like I had bought something and then it didn't work out and then I still had it? Like I couldn't just scratch their name out on the on the two. <laughs> oh thing. yes, that would be terrible. <laughs> and but then I'm also give that thinking to them, like, okay. hey, I've all I gave my last my last significant other liked this, so I'm going mm-hmm. to give my new significant other this. Uh, right. I feel like that's that's the worst gift you can give because it's you're you're lazy. You're mailing it in, and if mm. you got a new significant other, now's the time to wow them. Now's the time to invest in their the the newness of of right. them and so you should be like mining the details of your new significant other and not rehashing the details of your previous significant other i see so you're saying uh you're saying different strokes for different folks absolutely yeah just Got because it. your previous uh your previous significant other liked flowers doesn't mean your new one is going to and so you should uh you know, not do the same thing because frankly, maybe if you had uh, the things you did with the previous one didn't work out, maybe you should try something new. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Try something okay. new. Okay. Well, okay. Interesting. So I have a, I have a couple of answers to this. Okay. I think that for me, the gift that I would most like to receive is like a gift card to Amazon, but I would also be incredibly offended if that's what you gave me. <laughs> so, so what if I gave you I a gift card in- to the local liquor store? <laughs> well, okay, then that's true love, <laughs> right? Because that means that means this is it. We're getting married. I'm I'm calling my mom. Is what that means. Uh, but but you know, not maybe everybody likes that, right? So so I would be very offended though if you gave me a gift card to Amazon, but boy, would I love spending it. But <laughs> so so I just want to throw that out there, right? Like sometimes what feels like the right gift is not the right gift, and this yeah, is just an impossible. This is an impossible a, question to answer. I mean, you got to start like you got to figure person out. I mean, that's yeah. having a new significant other is like. Like it's fun and exciting, but it's also like a lot of work. Yeah, I just, I'm just, I, I, I pity you, fools. Uh, just what a horrible place, phase of life to be in. God, what the worst. But I can tell you this: uh, the worst gift to give you can give to a new significant other is deodorant. That's the answer. It's deodorant. Uh, that 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 checks out. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you'll if you'll be getting a if that yeah. new significant other will be remain a significant other much longer if the 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 gift you give them underneath the Christmas tree is uh, deodorant. I well, I mean that's this sounds simple and really straightforward, but you know what? Like you know, some people like to get perfume or or cologne, which is almost the same thing. <laughs> And it then, really is. And, yeah. and then, and then there's like the the middle ground, which is like you know soap that smells good, right? Because one, you know, oh, this very thoughtful, and yeah, I like to smell good, and da 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 da. But also, you could be telling me that I don't smell good, right? I think that's exactly what you're telling them. Yeah, yeah. And so I think all of those things you just scratch them off the list. So if you're thinking about like the cologne or perfume, oh man, big cologne and big perfume are going to come after me. Or if you're thinking about soap, no, oh, big soap. Even little soap will come after me. I'm sorry, Hank and John Green. Uh, anyway, uh, today is Sunday, November 26th, as we record this podcast. We took a week off, and now we're back. Hey, we're back. And, and and Matthew, you said that like last week, that was like the first time we'd taken any time off in like over a year? It was. Yeah, I mean, you even like... 
broadcasted from like like Iceland. Like I mean, there was oh, yeah. Man. We we actually went to lengths not to miss a week. We did. We did. Well, I don't like to miss weeks during the season. This feels like the time to miss weeks, and we did. We missed Thanksgiving week, and I, I, I'm hoping that that was okay. They didn't um, even miss us. They were like, "Yeah, no. oh, yeah." There's yeah, that's yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And then, and we did have the Thursday. We did have the Thursday. We did have the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't listen to that one, Matthew and I performed some music during that episode. <laughs> I can't believe you was... kept that in there. That usually you edit that stuff out. <laughs> but uh, Man, the editor was getting a little didn't... lazy. I think on, usually... on this one around. Usually we record 45 minutes and I have a really hard time cutting it down to 30. This time, man, I was I was like, oh, no, I have to fill this sucker out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's how that happened. You guys can go listen to that episode and uh, see what you missed. But you're gonna, I'm not going to tell you when it was during the episode, so you're going to have to listen to the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, so we're back. And, and really the real reason we took the week off, Matthew, is because nothing was happening. And nothing, we knew nothing was going to happen. But, you know, hey, now we're back because things have happened, right? Uh, no, nothing has <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing has happened. I mean, everybody's writing stuff. You know, we all know that uh, we're all chomping at the bit. We all know that Shohei Otani is still unsigned. We okay, so so Mr. Yamamoto, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto was posted last week, or was it on Monday? Even I don't remember. I think it was just on Monday. It was on Monday, yeah. But it, that means he has to be signed within forty-five days. So so we do know that by roughly the end of the year, that that story will be completely told. So even if any everything else is dragging out, Yamamoto will be signed roughly by New Year's, maybe a little bit. A little bit after is the latest that that could happen. So so that's one thing that did happen. But there is also another very important thing that happened, Matthew. What's that? You had dinner with Larry Bear. Oh, I did have dinner with Larry. Actually, I had drinks with Larry Bear. Right. That's what I meant. Uh, uh, you had and, drinks with Larry Bear. Which is, okay, so those of you who follow us on Twitter may have seen this, but uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, my daughter, who is college age, said she wanted to go to a concert at the Fillmore. My college age daughter does not drive, so she needed a ride down Gen, to Gen yeah, Z, kids man. these days, like, man. Kids these days don't get their driver's license. Uh, so she's working on it because I think she's seeing the value in it now. But but dad's still giving her rides. And so I drove her down to the Fillmore in San Francisco so she could see the Japanese house which is not a band. It's just a person who goes love, by the name, the Japanese house. Love them. Yeah. I love her. And we saw her with her significant oh, her. other uh, walking right. a dog beforehand. So my daughter got all excited. And you saw Japanese her. house and walking a dog. I just saw Amazing. her walking her dog, not walking the dog. Uh, oh, oh so, I thought walking a dog was the name of like the, the opener. Be. Maybe it is. It probably is, but that's not what happened. <laughs> right. So, right. Okay. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so I dropped her off at the Fillmore uh, we agreed on a meeting place afterwards, and then I went to find a place to go hang out. And so I found a place called Florio's Restaurant. Oh. Florio Cafe and Bar or Bar and Cafe. I don't know. It says Florio's on the front. And it's this little, small, like Italian place that had a bar. Which right you now front. just ruined for Larry. Larry can never go back there. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I Okay. So I uh, I went in and I ordered myself a cocktail. This one's for the light bulb comment, Larry. It's the, for the light the, bulb comment. The bartender, John, was great. He was your typical bartender where he was chatty and knowledgeable and very uh, eclectic in his uh, knowledge and his experiences. And I had a great time. But while we're sitting there, I'm sitting there. I got there early. It's like 4.30 in the afternoon, maybe 5.00. Wow. And we're chatting and in walks a guy. There's only like three or four of us in the entire restaurant at this point. Cause it's still fairly early. And right. I look over and I'm like, that's Larry bear CEO of the giants. Right. And electrician extraordinaire. Yeah. And I don't run into Larry bear very often. So I'm like 90% <laughs> sure 
But I'm like, like right. maybe that can't be him, right? So I do a little like Google search to fo- pick up his photo, and I'm like, yeah, that's him. I even asked the bartender, and the bartender does confirm because he sees the reservation list, and he says, yeah, that's Larry Bear. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get some big scoop. Giant cocktails are going to scoop like the Shohei Otani signing. Like right, Farhan's going to come in about next. To walk in. Yeah. Farhan's going to come in next, and then Shohei and his agent, and, <laughs> right. and I'm going to have it all there. Right. Yeah. And uh, instead, these very nice young women approach, come in and sit with him. A gentleman, a young gentleman comes in and joins them. Someone a little bit older woman comes in and they send they seem to have a very enjoyable dinner. So basically, you just invaded Larry's family dinner. I did. And I was see, I really wanted to, like, go up and talk to him uh, at the beginning. But somebody else did first. Like the only mm. other two people that were in the restaurant. And I didn't want to be like that guy. Right. So I was like, okay, well, when he comes by, I'll say something like, hey, sign o- Otani or something like that. Right. And and I was all prepared to do that. And then I interestingly, I got distracted. Mm. And so we're into like an hour plus into this. He's and as he's leaving and I don't realize this is the time because I wasn't paying attention I get a ring notification on my phone that someone is at my front door and I yeah, look really and it's my son who has oh, yeah. driven all the way home from college. And I want to like say hi to him over the ring and I'm getting all excited. And Larry bear took that moment to walk behind me and out the front door. And I didn't get a chance to tell him to sign Otani or anything. And so I am sorry, giants fans. I failed in my, abilities to convince Larry Bear to sign Shohei Otani. And if he doesn't sign, it is 100% my fault. Right. Well, see, what happened here is is that Larry looked up and saw you and he did a Google search and he was like, I'm 95% certain that that's half of Giant Cocktails. And he, it was confirmed. And then he saw you talking on your phone and he was like, oh, no, he's talking to the mean half. I got to go. And so he split. Because at right at that time, I was telling you, ask him about the light bulb. Ask him about the light bulb. I, you know, I put it out on Twitter. You weren't the only one that was telling me to ask him about that. <laughs> you know, Giants fans are awesome, man. They've got some good memories about Larry Bear's last public comments, I think, were about like how we were the light bulb was going to go on any minute now. And so I probably should have asked him about that. But really, um, I didn't get the opportunity. And uh, so, you know, but if you're interested in stocking out Florio Bar and Cafe, maybe Larry will show up again and you can get your two cents. <sighs> hmm. At the very least, the cocktails are very good. And uh, their uh, view carré was was really good. Um, I really enjoyed that cocktail. Right. All right. Well, so there you have it. Um, Matthew was in the same restaurant as Larry Bear. Hey, I once stood in line in uh, Starbucks behind Dwayne Kuyper. I also stood in line behind the guy, your neighbor, Guy Fieri, huh? in that same Starbucks. That was a big Starbucks. Is that right? But that was because, yeah, that was because Guy was opening a restaurant literally across the, well, it's not even a street because it was like in a shopping center, so it was literally across the, 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 the pedestrian walkway. And he was there getting his cocktail or getting his... <laughs> Oh, wow. No, it was just a stupid coffee because more people prefer coffee than cocktails. I don't know why. But anyway, well, Guy, Guy, Guy Fieri is a fan. You know, we're a fan over here. You know, his uh, Jonathan, yeah. my son, actually uh, got a photo with him uh, for his, at his prom during while he was out at a vineyard because Guy brought his son to the same vineyard to take photos uh, <laughs> and they got a photo together. So Guy right. is a local that we love. So anyway, well, I did not have my photo taken with Guy. A bunch of people did, and I was standing behind him in line. And they, and then once everybody went away, he turned to look at me. And expecting, I gave him, expecting yeah, expecting, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, it like, like, oh, do you want it too? And I just looked at him, and then I looked. You know, I did that kind of thing you do with your eyes when you're trying to tell somebody, "Hey, look over there." And then he turned around and realized that the line had moved, and then he didn't look at me ever again. He went and ordered his coffee. He went and ordered his coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Matthew, it's time for the trivia question. (laughs) All right. Well, I was looking for uh, trade trivia and off-season trade trivia to be exact. 
And so I settled on the following question. On December 7th, 2011, Ben, Mm. the Giants traded outfielder Andres Torres and pitcher Ramon Ramirez for what outfielder? Armando Rios. (laughs) Possibly. Right around the same time. So could have been Armando Rios. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. not Rickert Finite, I would tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, That's my answer. I'm locking it in. I'm locking it in. I was about to give some more stuff about Armando Rios, but like that's not what this is about. This is about Rickert Finita. No, I mean, <laughs> Andres Torres and, and Mystery Giant. All right. Well, we will find out. No, Who and the mystery was traded train? on December seventh, two thousand eleven, to the Armando Jets. Rios. God, yeah. All right, we'll find out how wrong Ben was at the end of the episode. <laughs> Pretty wrong. <laughs> Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you. It is time to talk cocktails. Uh, we've got, you know, I had a couple to choose from because we had two happy hour episodes in a row. That's right. That's right. We may have told you guys we were going to be drinking both of these (laughs) because we didn't, we didn't think we're not that smart. Yeah. Well, you know, so I have drank two cocktails, uh, going into this, so I'm feeling pretty good. Mm. Uh, but Bob, I am drinking the child fashioned because I made this chai syrup and darn it, I've got to use it. So What's in a child fashion? It's two ounces of bourbon. For me, I'm using a half ounce of the chai syrup. Uh, You might want to use a quarter ounce if you're into that whole bourbon taste thing. Three dashes of orange bitters, orange peel, and a Luxardo cherry for garnish. And so for the syrup, it's pretty easy. You're going to do equal parts, maybe one cup of dark brown sugar and one cup of water. You're going to heat that up till it just comes to a boil and you can incorporate it into a syrup. You're going to remove it from the heat and add two chai tea bags and allow them to steep until the syrup is cooled. And then you have this wonderful chai flavored syrup. You're going to add that. So then for the drink, though, it's just an old fashioned, folks. It's the the bourbon, the syrup, the bitters. You're going to add those to a mixing glass with ice. Stir vigorously for 30 seconds. Strain into a rocks glass with a large chunk of ice. Express your orange peel over the drink and garnish with like, I say a cherry, but you know, three or four, five cherries. Why not? Right. And you're going to enjoy your chai old fashioned. That's what I'm drinking, Bob. Hmm. That's a tasty cocktail. Yep, Bob, it is. And it's kicking off the holiday season. So chai, chai, Roger Guise. What? WKRP reference. Right <laughs> yeah, Those wow. Wow. And I feel like I need to say booger. <laughs> anyway. Um, me. Me, Bob. Me. Ask me. What are you drinking, Ben? Uh, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, this week, Bob, as I said, I am drinking two cocktails. One of them is called May I Have Another Punch? And it's not a cocktail. It's a punch. It's meant for a party. I made it in case you were having a big Thanksgiving, but you know what? It would go great at a company party or at a Festivus party or a Black Friday party. And uh, yeah, you could drink it there. The one other cocktail that I'm drinking and the one that I'm going to talk about is the Cherry Mezcal Old Fashioned. And I will tell you this, folks, the recipe for this one has been lost. So the only place to get it is in the audio for the for the show of last Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. It's called Happy Thanksgiving. You can't miss it. Or in the show notes. But I'm going to tell you how to make it roughly from memory. Here we go. It's basically two to, to six ounces of mezcal. You know, just go with your gut, you know, how you feel. You pour that into a rocks glass. Then you're going to add a big heaping spoonful of syrup from your cherry Luxardo uh, cherry jar. And if you don't have that, why don't you have that? Uh, So get it. And then it's just a couple of, you know, it's like as much as you want, like a little bit or a lot bit whatever you feel is right for you, you put that in that glass too. Then 
you're going to take some cherry bitters, and this is key. They have to be cherry bitters. And you're going to put two to six pumps in there, depending on how much mezcal you put in there. Then you're going to take one giant rock of ice, and you're going to put it in there, and you're going to take a spoon and maybe just kind of hold it over the glass and then just decide not to use it. Or you could stir it a little bit. But if you stir it too much, you're going to get dilution in there, and then it's not going to be as stiff of a drink as, as we need during this season. And that is how you make the cherry mezcal old-fashioned, at least roughly according to my memory. And that is what I'm drinking today, Bob. The cherry mezcal old-fashioned, and may I have another punch. Punch. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It really is, Bob. It really is. Boy, six ounces of mezcal, man. You're going to get hair on your chest after that. So, <laughs> you know, proceed with caution, folks. Proceed with caution. That's right. But you know what? That's what they made razors for, Matthew. <laughs> That's what they made razors for. What? And, speaking yeah. of proceeding with caution, though. Oh. You know, you know who I feel like also is proceeding with caution? Larry Bear. I was going to say Farhan, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, him too. too. Yeah, Farhan has a history of proceeding with caution, right? And and we are in year six of the Farhan regime. Is that right? Five, six. Uh, It it all blurs together. Twenty nineteen, my friend. I think. Okay, so first full. This is year five. The off season preceding twenty nineteen was his off season. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we have a history of Farhan proceeding with too much caution, some would argue. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, we did. and uh, going back to the Bryce Harper, you know, uh, wooing of Bryce mm-hmm. Harper, where we just didn't pull out enough cash. That's right. We barely got outbid by the Phillies. And he, and, and, and he it has been pretty clear. It has been clearly it is known that if the Giants had given him more money he would have gone to the Giants. Like, it, the Phillies and the Giants were both high on his list. And it was like, I don't know where to go. Whoever gives me the most money. And the Phillies gave him the most money. And so that's where he went. <sighs> yeah. Do you, think, do you think Farhan will repeat his uh, his mistakes? Or is he going all in this time? I, I hear from the pundits, Ben, that he is ready to spend. So if you're going to pull out the checkbook, there's only a handful of people of which that checkbook will be uh, worthy. And Shohei is at the top of the list. So is but but I guess the question is, is money enough to sign Otani? Like, is that is that the driving force for someone like Otani? Right. Well, because that's I mean, that's and that is a very good question, because, you know, let's fast forward to to last year when it was Aaron Judge that the Giants were pursuing. And ultimately what happened is that the Giants were driving that bus, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, okay, look, Aaron Judge was driving the bus, okay? <laughs> Clear. Aaron Judge Clearly. Aaron Judge was playing the instruments and, and well, the Giants... Well, he chose what bus to ride on. Let's right, just, yeah. right. And well, the Giants were the spit valve on the instrument, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, for those of you who play brass, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, tuba, baby. Mm. Uh, and and so, but at the end of the day, like they were the ones that were that they were deciding how much was going to be spent. And he got this offer, and it was the offer that Aaron Judge wanted. And he turned around and he went to the Yankees, and the Yankees matched it. And it seems as though the Giants were never really given an opportunity to make a counter offer after that. That like I think Aaron Judge had reached the point in the negotiations where he got the amount of money that he wanted. He was able to extract from the Yankees what he felt was his actual true value. Which ended up being one more year and another $40 million. Right. And, and he got that and he took it. And I personally believe that there was nothing at that point that the Giants could have done. Right. Like he wanted to be a Yankee. And he finally got the amount of money and the contract length that he felt was appropriate for him and, and respected his value. 
to the Yankees. And so that was what he wanted. And there was just nothing that the Giants could do at that point. So I, I honestly believe that there was nothing that the Giants could have done beyond what they did to get Aaron Judge because he was like, that's enough. That's enough for me to be a Yankee. I'm done negotiating. Which is not what happened with Bryce Harper. The Giants could have had Bryce Harper. And so it really like it it's one of those things that we have to remember as fans that 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 while yes it does come down to what your team is willing to do financially at the end of the day if the player doesn't want to play there he's not going to. And so I think for me really like of all the other free agents that are out there I think there are only two that this really this question is really relevant for. And that is both Otani and Yamamoto. Like any other player out there, the Giants should be able to get. Like I believe the Giants should be able to get any other player that is a free agent right now if they want them. They should be able to outspend any other team. Because I believe they can have the capacity and they have within their payroll flexibility to offer more than any other team can offer given their own constraints for any other player. So this really comes down to, is money enough to sign Ohan, Otani and Yam- or Yamamoto? Yes. Okay. Okay. You, you say yes. Well, the you money think- is there. And I think that Farhan will offer the most money. Yeah, but okay. So we'll, but here's the problem. Is it going to be like a couple million more? Because I don't think that's going to do it. I think if it's in the ballpark, if it's close, then that gives Otani or Yamamoto the opportunity to say, well, I'd rather play in New York or I'd rather play with a team that has already made the playoffs, I don't know, 10 years in a row or has one of the greatest lineups and is set up for that for the next five years. You know, that's being L.A. in the former and the Braves in the latter or playing in, a, in, in a, you know, one of the, the biggest markets in the world like New York City. Like, if, if the Giants make an offer that is equivalent to any one of those three things, then I think that gives Otani the, the opening to not take the Giants' offer. The Giants have to come in and blow those guys out of the water. And I don't believe that Farhan will blow anybody out of the water. I don't think he ever wants to be the guy who offered too much. And so I don't think that Farhan has it in him to overspend. And I think if he's making like a 20% bigger offer than somebody else, he's going to think he's overspending. Sorry, than everybody else. He's going to think he's overspending. Okay, I I think, though, that he's at a point in his tenure as, what what are we calling him? Uh, Head of baseball operations. Hobo. Hobo. That's right. He's in his... The, he's he's had enough time as a hobo to be uh, to to now have uh, to have his back against the wall, and I don't obviously ownership has to approve uh, the the contracts, but I don't feel like he's in a position right now to pinch pennies, and so it, it seems like what we're hearing from certain reporters and all that is that the giants are are prepared to be all in on that and that means that you are committed to a let's say on Otani a 500 million plus contract uh and yeah. you know and knowing that that means that you're going to be overpaying especially for next year when he can't pitch uh, right. And I know that that probably bugs Farhan and he wants to kind of have some caveats in there and all that. But the man needs a win, Ben. Okay. No, he doesn't. The man He's got three needs... more years on his contract. He just got extended. A guy but like it that. Mean, he's just, it doesn't he mean just that got he's told gonna... he's doing he's doing a fine job. That's what he just he, got told. No, he got he got an extra so that Bob Melvin would say yes. It doesn't mean that he's going to stay for three more years. And if he keeps he needs a win. And this is the biggest fish in the history of baseball. And if he's not offering a boatload and then some, then he's got then three what more years he, on his contract. What, what is the point? Right? I mean, he needs to be all in and he needs to be like who cares? 
how much I spend. We need this guy. And and I think that, you know, you d- you dig deeper into the Otani, you know, signing and you wonder, like you try to gauge the value of an or uh, of a contract that's over half a billion dollars. And if there's one guy that could be worth that, it's Otani. And particularly because he brings in the international dollars, he he has a devoted fa- fan following that will follow him no matter what team he's on. It's not like we're like going to convert Angels fans. We're bringing on Otani fans who are notorious travelers and spenders. And so I think that this is not the normal uh, free agent. This is someone who you could directly tie in to a to to being worth the type of contract that he's going to sign. Yeah, I will agree with that. I mean, I think I think a perfect example is I don't remember. I saw somebody an article or a video that somebody did on Otani playing and and they just had like this segment where it, I think it was a still photo of the advertisements as Otani was either at bat or pitching. And they were all Jap- J- Japanese. And they were businesses. all in Japanese. Yeah. yeah, they were Japanese, or they were in Jap. They were Japanese businesses. The the, the projected ones behind the batter from the, from right. the center field camera. Right, right? but yeah. there were like five of them. Right, because it wasn't just the two. Like the Giants had the two that are to the left and to the right, but it was there were there were two to the left and to the right, and then there was an ad kind of like um, above and behind the fans, and then there was whatever was projected onto the pitcher's mound. Uh-huh. Three of them were just in Japanese. Right. And one of them was a Japanese brand. And I think total there were five ads. And I think that just kind of tells you the, the market. Right. You, you basically adding an entire country to your market and that you can sell advertising to and that are going to tune in to watch your games and are going to be buying your jersey and your merch. So you're absolutely correct. I mean, he just adds so, so much to your revenue streams beyond beyond any other player. Yeah, so it's not you like know. you're signing Aaron Judge. You're signing an international superstar that will directly drive revenue to offset this ludicrous contract. So Farhan, sign him. I promise I will buy a Shohei jersey if he is a San Francisco <laughs> Giant. I promise I will go to multiple games in the first half of the season instead of intentionally telling you I'm not going to. And I think that can be said for a lot of other Giants fans as well, and just baseball fans who, uh, for better or for worse, and it's definitely for worse, have lost uh, you know half of the teams that they can go to in this area recently. Although, I guess not for next year, but hopefully for the years after that. Uh... But anyway, that's a whole different subject. Uh, I'm just like, you know, I like I, I'm not arguing that there's not a lot of good reasons to spend half a billion dollars on the man. Like, I'm not making that argument. I I want the Giants to sign Otani. And I think there are a lot of things. And I think it would just be fun and entertaining to the fans. There's just all sorts of good reasons to sign Otani beyond the point which he makes the team way better. But there just seems to be this fear of doing of taking a risk and and inherently signing the biggest contract ever in the history of baseball is a risk. And it's just something that this regime doesn't want to do. And the man was just rewarded for that. He was given a contract extension and Bob Melvin said he would have played for one year. If that's what he had, sorry, he would have managed for one year if that's what he had to do. So it's not just about that. But I'm sure, yes, they wanted to get everybody aligned. But like, I don't know. I'm very much in the, you, you, you know, you, you got to prove it to me. I am not going to let Farhan Zaidi burn me again. Like the best, I am under the assumption that the best we're going to get this year is Lucas Giolito. That's the best we're going to get. And if we get something marginally better than that, they're going to parade that person out and be like, oh, yay, look at the big signing we got. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself. I'm protecting my emotions. I'm protecting my own heart by saying I don't believe Farhan has it in him just because 
you know, he's been just jerking us around for for way too long, for too many times, right? If we wanted Correa, we could have had him. They could have looked past the, the, the health thing and signed him. Like, that was within Farhan's ability to do. They can pass it off on the doctors all they want, but they could have said we're going to sign him anyway. If they had gone 20% more in on Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper would be a giant right now and we probably make the playoffs two more times and maybe we win that stupid series against the Dodgers. So, you know, like he had the he had the ability to do it, but he was afraid and his fear just breaks my heart and I'm tired of it. Breaks your heart. Breaks my heart doesn't piss you off. It just breaks your heart. Well, no. It, what, 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 yeah, no, it pisses me off. <laughs> I just it was an interesting choice of words. It breaks your heart. Uh, for Farhan, breaking people's hearts. That's right. It's a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. I don't know. You know I'm trying a different tack here, Angle. You know, because the anger's not, <laughs> anger's not motivating anybody. I've been angry for four years, and it hasn't it doesn't motivated anyone. That's not true. I really like 2021. And if 2022 had been like 2021... I wouldn't be angry at all. Also, would right, be well, brokenhearted. Here's here's a question that might might help your broken heart. Uh, do you feel like the Giants? So the Giants need more than Otani to kind of get over the hump, right? This is not yeah. just we sign Otani and now we're a World Series contender. Uh, and the Giants have been, you know, and we know that Otani can't pitch next year and the Giants are in the market for starting pitching. So Yamamoto, who you mentioned, is one. Yep. Uh, also, Blake Snell, still unsigned. Uh, do the Giants need to sign someone like that before signing Otani? Is is there a need now to kind of show Otani that we are all in before he agrees to join the Giants? I don't know. I don't know what Shohei Otani wants. I think I don't think anybody does. But I'm asking, what does what does Ben Henry feel? Do you feel like? I mean, I don't really care. Like they they obviously have to sign others besides Otani, and I feel like it can only help if they sign someone early. And so they should do that. They should be aggressive now. Before the league meetings, let's get one out of the way. Let's, uh, sh- you know, there's no reason why they can't sign someone like Yamamoto tomorrow. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, I don't know about the whole Yamamoto thing. Um, there there does seem to be, like, I, I think I've heard from some places that, like, Shohei wants to be the guy yeah, the, yeah, yeah. from the Japanese market yeah, there. Yeah, okay. So, well. so I don't know. I don't know. So that sort of stuff, that would matter. But, like... Do they need to prove? Well, if they need to, if they need to prove to Otani that they're going to be winners and contenders for the next five years, then unfortunately, yeah, they do. They do need to sign somebody because nothing else has demonstrated that they are contenders for the future. Like the, the farm system, it it churned up a lot of of rookies last year, but I don't know that any of those rookies wowed us. There were some, there was, you know, uh, Bailey was the closest. All of the rookies were kind of like, oh, they're a little Mm -hmm. promising. And, you know, it's not enough to write them off, but it's not like they blew us out of the water, right? I don't think we can look at the farm system and say, wow, they're so loaded. Look at all these kids they got. I think pitching aside, right? I mean, you're 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 more focused on the offensive. I'm f- I'm right? focused on the offensive side, but even on the on the pitching side, I mean, I mean, I think Kyle Harrison is is I, I, yeah, and and I guess Beck and Win. I you know, there's other good. I mean, Wizenhunt is a name that Giants fans know, but like when you compare him to everybody else, it's not like he's the biggest prospect in the world, right? Mason Black, same thing, right? Like these guys, when yeah. you when you add them into the mix of all the other teams, they're not. I don't even know where they fall in the top 100. Right. And so so they're the next big names on the Giants list, but I don't know that they're big names overall. And so I think, I think yeah, I think that in order to demonstrate to him that we are committed, they're going to have to sign somebody. But the problem with this market is that it's not so great. Like, who? maybe I, I the only names that really stick out to me are, are Yamamoto, Bellinger, and Snell. And quite frankly, I personally don't know that Bellinger is a great fit with this particular roster. And because he's not really a center fielder, he's at best a corner outfielder or he's 
a first, a first baseman. baseman. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, you know, is that, I don't know that I really like that signing. So to me, then it just comes down to Yamamoto and Snell. But if they go out and let's say they do, they get three of those, two of those guys, lock them in, uh, and then and then make a run at Otani. I, that's a lot. That, that's a lot. So do I think they need to do that? <sighs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I do feel like they need to prove it because I don't think they have enough. You know, they certainly can't measure up to the rosters that the Braves and that the Dodgers have. And I don't know that the Braves are really a viable option for Otani. I just don't know that they can put together the contract that he would command. But, I and I think like the Mets, Red Sox, and I don't know how much, how serious the Yankees are considering him. I don't feel like they are. But I feel like the Red Sox and the Mets could certainly promise him that they're going to spend to do it. And they've demonstrated that recently. So, yeah, I do think the Giants need to, to prove it. <laughs> you know, if only they had spent a little bit of money in the past few off seasons to prove that they're committed. Uh, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, but I think ultimately, though, just to be on the positive side of things, I, I think if they make a big enough commitment to Otani financially, that in, of it, in and of itself is enough of a statement. And they'll say, like, we're not we're not the angels. Like, this is not the only move we're going to make. Yeah. This is just the beginning. Right. Because I do think that is a, that that is where Otani is coming from is the Angels. Right. It's like Otani and Trout and then Anthony Rendon. And uh, to, and then that was it. They're just their money's all gone and they're just not going to do anymore. And and he's got to believe that the Giants aren't going to be that kind of team that's just going to blow all their money on one or two guys who are going to get hurt. And then that's it. That's the end of your playoff chances. Right. And and so I, I think that there's yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that they do need to show Otani that there is a plan and that they are willing to spend and improve their team. And so, yeah, I don't think it would hurt for them to sign someone big early uh, as a way of showing Otani. And, and even if they don't get Otani, then they have someone that's one of the top. Free yeah, and, I, and I do. that's that's important, right? They have to have they have to come away with this with someone in the top four or five uh, uh, free agents on the market. Yeah, and year. I I just want to say like I really would like to see the Giants land Otani or Yamamoto. Like, and if they get one of those two guys, I will consider the offseason a success. And and sure, if they want to add a few other pieces here and there and that that ends up being Bellinger and they can somehow make that work and that turns into victories next year and, and the year after, then I will be satisfied with that. I think one of the reasons I keep I'm so down on Otani is, is like I'm so down on the po- prospects of signing Otani. I don't expect it to happen and I won't hold it against the Giants if they don't. But if they end up getting neither of those two guys, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. And. And if and if they can't get both of them, then they should be able to offer a contract that is 20 percent better than anybody else can do. And if that means the player is going to walk away from that, I don't believe anybody would walk away from that. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that anybody would walk away from an offer that is 20 percent more than the next closest bid. Particularly and, if it's from an organization like the Giants. It's not like we're talking about like someone who's never made the playoffs. Or exactly. Exactly. And and so I just think that the Giants, that's what the Giants may have to do. And that's the part of me that feels like they just don't, that Farhan just doesn't have that in him. He doesn't have the 20% more than everybody else, than the next highest bid. Because like 5% more, probably not enough. 10% more, borderline. You know, 10% more yeah. feels like another team could match it. You, you really need to blow him out of the water here, folks. And I, I just, Forhan isn't a blow him out of the water kind of guy. That's how it feels. Like, you know, I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. Or honestly, I hope it doesn't matter. I hope they get him for less than that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel right. about it. Well, so, okay, so let's let's play this scenario out. Let's say that the Giants do get one of those players, Yamamoto, or mm-hmm. Otani. Okay. Uh, let's say for the sake of argument 
that they get Yamamoto. Uh, they still need a position player. Uh, so now you, you mentioned Cody Bellinger a couple of times. He seems to be the one that is been tied to the giants the most, uh, over the, you know, he's got ties to Farhan with his Dodger days. Uh, he's, uh, out, one of the best, uh, available free agents from, uh, as from a hitter standpoint, uh, on the market this year, uh, there's some red flags, though, right? I mean, he had two really bad years with the Dodgers before before kind of resurrecting his career last year with the Cubs. Uh, although the underlying like metrics suggest that maybe it wasn't as good as the traditional metrics do. So do you I mean, and he's young enough to where he's going to command a, at least a five year contract. So if you got someone like Bellinger, this could be. Like Hanager Conforto, but double, right? I mean, this could be like, you know, having somebody like that, who now you've committed to for multiple years, who underperforms based on what we've seen. So I I feel like there's <laughs> there's a good reason to say that Bellinger is not the guy. And I don't really feel like, like, I feel like, yeah, roll the dice on someone like Yamamoto, who's never played in the majors. Roll the dice on someone like Otani, who, oh, you're not really rolling the dice. You know what you're getting with Otani. Uh, but with Bellinger, there's enough, like, stuff there that makes you feel like this is not a sure thing and could go really poorly and inhibit the Giants from being able to add later on in in the contract's life. So I, yeah, I don't I don't feel like Bellinger's the guy, but he's also one of the best offensive players on the market. So what what do you feel? Where do you go with this? You know, Matthew, uh, the other day I was doing some shopping at the grocery store, but it was right before Thanksgiving. And there were, I was looking for, uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for a particular brand of um, chicken stock. Turkey stock is really what I was looking for, but they didn't have any. And all they had left were the crap brands. And I know what you're thinking, Matthew. The crap brands, the store brands, those are perfectly fine because you're a cheap bastard. And that kind of- Exactly that what kind I was of, thinking. That kind of actually makes proves my point here. If the brand that you don't want is not on the shelf, you don't have to get one of the others. You could just walk out. So just because the best free agent on the market is available, if overall he's not that great, you don't have to sign him. On the other hand, I will say this. Matthew, imagine this outfield. Hanniger in left. Bellinger in center. And Michael Conforto in right. I mean, four years ago, man. Four yeah. years ago, that outfield would be amazing. And, My, and next year, that outfield might be together for what, 30 games combined? <laughs> 30 games combined? 30 games, maybe 90 games total, maybe probably 20 games combined. Uh no. That this is he is just he's he's nothing but a disaster waiting to happen. Like, no. Cody Bellinger does not fit with this roster. Like if, and if he's the one guy that you do get, the more I think about it, if, if you're going to sign anybody, get Chapman for his defense. And I know defense isn't sexy, but it's runs one way is, is equal to runs the other way. And he's a really good defensive third baseman and would solidify that over there with the same amount of upside as JD Davis. And yeah, he's not a perfect fit for the roster either, but I think he's a little bit of a better fit. And uh, so, no, I'm not a big fan of, of Cody Bellinger's either just because he doesn't fit with this roster and he's not that great of an outfielder. It, you know, it just it doesn't make sense. And just because he's the biggest name out there doesn't mean you have to go sign him. It just means this is a bad year for free agents. Just don't do it. Like, this is why I want Yamamoto, Otani or somebody who is 26 or younger. However, you acquire them, right? And we haven't even dug into the to the trade uh, scenarios mainly because that's just like 
that would be pure conjecture, That's right? All we have no idea yes. yeah. kind of where that would be. But you know, I feel like someone like Young Ho Lee from Korea, uh, better defensive center fielder than than Bellinger, uh, and younger and more upside than than well, maybe not more upside, but Bellinger, uh, you know, I mean, he was a National League MVP. He was a you know a legit player four years ago. And I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that route. Maybe it's just because he's a Dodger. Maybe that was it. But, uh, uh, but I feel like he's not the answer and I don't, I just feel like he, he's, there's too much risk where he could be another Conforto or Hanniger and, you know, we would be stuck with something like that for a longer term. So I'm yeah, just four, I'm not, four or I'm, five years at least. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're wrapping up on the hour here. I think it's time for the trivia question answer. All right. Armando Rios. Exactly. Yes. So the question was, on December 7th, 2011, the Giants traded outfielder Andres Torres and pitcher Ramon Ramirez for what outfielder? It was not Armando Rios, Ben. It was none other than Angel Pagan. And uh, they acquired him from the New York Mets. Ironically, though, both Torres and Ramirez only played one season in New York and both returned to play for the Giants in the 2013 season, which in retrospect may be reason why they actually did not do well that year. But uh, it was an odd year. So who knows? Yeah, well, let me talk about Armando Rios and what makes him interesting in all of this trade blather around the the World Series years. Okay. Because Armando was traded by the Giants in 2001 for Jason Schmidt and John Vanderwall. That's right. But he was traded with somebody else who disappeared, who was one of the Giants' top prospects at the time, and then went on a long journey, played in Pittsburgh, and then went off to play in Asia, and then came back and became a hero for the San are you Francisco talking about, Giants. Are you talking about Vogie? I'm talking about Ryan Vogelsong. That is who Armando Rios was traded with for Jason Schmidt, another all-time great. Uh, so which I, I you know, the yeah. Giants won that trade. <laughs> uh, well, and then because, some, right? Because yeah. a guy yeah, left. Then some. <laughs> he came back to the Giants as a free agent later and helped them win two World Series. So, so yeah, I mean, and and you know, it's sad thing. Sad thing for Armando though is is that he got traded, um, while the Pirates were playing the Giants in San Francisco. So he got traded, I believe, after the Friday game. It was, a, I think, a weekend series. And I don't know why I remember this, but I do. He got traded on Friday, and he played. He became a pirate that day, but was still in San Francisco. And then played, I believe, Saturday. And then on Sunday, hurt himself oh, no. as a pirate. And then was out for a significant period of time. After that, it the whole thing was kind of miserable because he was, you know, he was one of my favorite giants at the time anyway. And then, yeah, and then Vogie got traded and uh, and you're like, oh, man, it sucks to see that kid go. And then he kind of just disappeared because he got hurt a lot. And then man, he came back. But anyway, Angel Pagan also just hit one of the greatest, you know, inside the park home runs in baseball history as a giant. So. Oh, I could watch that video over and over again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good trivia question. And also yeah. good wrong answer by Ben. That was. Thank you for, for elaborating on Armando Rios a decade earlier. All right. Well, looking ahead, uh, Ben, uh, for our happy hour episode on Thursday, I am bringing an original cocktail called La Revolution, which uh, you'll have to tune in to find out why it's called La Revolution. <laughs> ben, what are you drinking? On Thursday's happy hour. I'm drinking a frosty barrel and it's not a beer. I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also original and original. The frosty barrel. All right. 
Well, and the Giants don't have anyone to play next week, so we don't have to go over that. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, folks, uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials at Giant Cocktails on the platform formerly known as Twitter, as well as Threads and Instagram and Mastodon. There's a few of you that hang on to Mastodon, so I feel like we got to keep doing that, but I appreciate it. Uh, but also on Threads, uh, if you're if you're migrating over there, give us a follow. Uh, we like to interact with everybody, and you can see all of our recipes and all of that as well. Uh, don't also forget to rate us uh, or subscribe if you haven't done already, so you can be notified as soon as we uh, publish each week. And uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Ratings. It helps a lot. Join uh, the dozen or so people who have already done it. Uh, thank you to those who have given us great reviews. Shout out to mom and all the others. Uh, ben, uh, until next week, uh, hopefully we will have some wonderful Giants news to break when we uh, come back next week. Or we could be uh, digging for more stuff to talk about. Who knows? We'll find out. I kind of doubt uh, it. Kind of doubt it. I, I don't think. I don't think there'll be any big news until maybe the week after that. All right. Well, we will find out. Uh, until next week. Arrivederci, Ben. Cheers, Matthew. Goodbye, everybody. Adios, muchachos. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. I'm bilingual that way. <laughs> Trilingual. Trilingual. I'm throwing um, out languages I didn't even know I knew. <laughs>